0: Hello, and welcome to Redirected, a podcast where we sit down with celebrities, entrepreneurs, and elite-level athletes to hear the story of how they arrived where they are today. The common link between them? They each have been redirected from what they thought their life or career would look like into something much different, something they were truly passionate about. I am your host, Andrew East, engineer-turned-professional-athlete-turned-entrepreneur. And I can't wait to share these stories with you to help inspire you to redirect your own life. Thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited for today's show featuring Todd McCullough, who is a fitness guru. And we discuss what it looks like to find work that aligns with your passion and how to transition well from one career to another. We also talk about a lot of health tips to help you feel your best so that you can live fully. As usual, information on how to connect with Todd online and on social media is found in the show notes, so go ahead and check those out. Todd has recently released a series of new online exercise programs, and I'm happy to announce that him and I have partnered up to give you guys one free month of his online programming if you go to tmacfitness.com and enter code Andrew. You guys are going to love today's show with Todd McCullough. Todd, thank you for coming on the show.
1: Absolutely, dude. Happy to be here. Saturday morning. That's right. Spending the time with good folks. Beautiful day here in Nashville. I'm getting used to the weather. <laughs> I'm getting used to the weather. You're from Jacksonville, but you've been in... From, from Baker County, which is anyone out there listening, is a small, small county outside Jacksonville. Um, but I've been in SoCal the last nine years, and as my family say, I've gotten California soft Yeah. with the weather.
0: There's not a bad day. There's, there. there's there's really not, there's really not. <laughs> so for those of you who are who are watching and not listening, you'll notice that Todd is barefoot. And if there's ever a guy who enjoys being barefoot, you got to be top of the Ab- list, Absolutely, you know? absolutely.
1: I've always loved being barefoot. And then you know, as research has shown over the years, there's something about just connecting and grounding yourself. Um, and so even in California, you know, I was I was there's so much, there's way too much concrete for me there. Uh, but it was so important for me at the end of the day, I'd go to a park, take off the shoes and just walk barefoot in the grass and just let the wet, you know, the grass on the feet. Uh, there's just something sort of, there's a connection
0: there that grounds you. That's so special. I love that. I got big into the barefoot craze. Um, did you, did you, did you I, the whole shoes and everything? Yeah, like, the, man, the toe shoes and then the minimalist shoes. And actually this is crazy. I was wearing, it wasn't the toe shoes, but it was like a, a new balance, um, version of them. And my feet shrank one whole size because I was flat footed but then when when uh they strengthened my seriously shrunk a ha- like a full size that's interesting yeah yeah so i I buy into it, and it, honestly, I had foot feet problems until I was into that, so well and, and during the off seasons back in football days um you know during the
1: season when you play, they wrap up your ankles for every practice and every season, yeah. and then just over time that just you know the muscles and ligaments aren't being used or they get kind of atrophied and weak, and so during the off season I would always when we would train, I would always run barefoot in the grass. Yeah. Just kinda
0: of help strengthen that up. So I've been barefoot since I was a kid on yeah. dirt roads. So okay, so you were alluding a little bit to the football. I wanna talk about your background. <coughs> you grew up Baker, Baker's? Baker, Baker County. Yeah, Baker County's is a thriving metropolis in North Florida. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little sarcasm. <laughs> a little bit.
1: Lots of pine trees and sand. We have a lot of pine trees and sand. Yeah, yeah. You ended up playing football, which yoga was not a part of. The- no, not at all. So I mean, like if you, if those who you listening, like you know, if you come from a small country town, like you usually have a college football team or baseball team or basketball team that you usually grow up kind of loving and idolizing. And the University of Florida was like that for me. My dad and I used to go down to the games about an hour away in Gainesville. You know, sometimes when you have tickets, we'd just tailgate. And just. I would just remember listening to the roar of the crowd and just dreaming of one day being out there playing with these guys. Um, and was fortunate to go, you know, kind of live that dream and, and get a full scholarship at the University of Florida and play football there. And uh, it was an amazing experience. But yeah, the yoga stuff didn't come till years later till like five surgeries after football and then discovered that in California.
0: Yeah. I uh we were talking the other day how from a young age you were determined. Yeah. You were you were hard set on on achieving that goal of playing football. Can yeah. you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, and I think
1: it's important, you know, you constantly remind myself of that and there's times that I've been lost in this journey trying to figure out those next steps. And for those of you listening, I think it's crucial, um, whether you're entrepreneur or you're you know, a guy out there trying to grow your business, or you just want to like teach your kids. I think it's so important for them to have a clear goal of what they want to achieve, because people will do extraordinary work and sacrifice if they have a clear goal. And so, you know, for me, it was really young. I remember like I was sharing with you at lunch the other day, I remember my sixth grade math teacher, um, you know, he asked us, what are we going to do when we graduate high school? And you got to think, you know, back in these times in a small town, you know, usually went to work for the local mill. That's kind of what people did. Maybe you went to community college. Uh, there just wasn't a lot of options, you know, back in our small town at the time. And it's grown some, but just, that was kind of the expectations that weren't really high. I to each his own. Um, but I had a very clear vision and dream of playing football at the University of Florida. So when he asked the class, what are we going to do in sixth grade? I said, I'm going to play football at the University of Florida. And he just fell out laughing. He's like, I've heard someone for the last 20 years say that or whatever. Uh, and I've never seen anyone do it. And so then, I ended up, you know, going back every year, made sure I signed autographs for his class every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so at 15, because I had that, um, well, I guess fast forward, that was sixth grade, eighth grade, I couldn't recall being in PE class, and our gym teacher was from the west side of Jacksonville. So we had a Jacksonville newspaper, and it said Jacksonville Bulls, the number one football team in the country, um, like nine mm-hmm. Division I scholarships. And I was like, where's Bulls? And I went back to my, uh, my dad and I was like, hey, what's this Bowles school? He's all oh, just a bunch of rich kids. Don't worry about it in Jacksonville. And I was like, I want to go, go play football there. And he's like, no, you're not. It's just, no, don't worry about it. It's just it's not your free deal. It's an hour away, yada, yada. Hmm. And I was just so persistent because I had a clear vision. Like Bowles was a piece of the puzzle that was going to get me to Florida. And, you know, I was able to convince the coach to let me go play football there. Um, lived on – had a board there. Left home at 15. Um, you know, it was a huge turning point in my life to mature, but like we were talking about, when you have a clear vision of what you want out of your life, I think people are willing to sacrifice and do extraordinary things for that. And so that, uh, yeah, that's how Florida came about.
0: Florida Gator football is, I think in a lot of ways, more celebrated than the NFL down there. It is. It is. And you know, we've had the the Jaguars
1: came in when when I was around 11 or 12 or so and, you know, people now in Jacksonville have gotten excited, especially recently. Yeah. There you go. And hopefully you're part of the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah. Um, and people are really adopting them. But, you know, growing up, you really had three choices. It was University of Florida, you were a Florida Gator, a Seminole, or a Georgia Bulldog. And that was mainly based on how your family was. And that's what you, you know, you lived. We always say that it was uh, college football on Saturday and Jesus on Sunday. Yeah. And so pro football never was a really a big thing growing up for us. And so that was kind of, you know, I remember when Steve Spurrier... Who, for those of you who are listening, Steve Spurrier was – think of the Nick Saban of of that time in the 90s, the most popular guy in college football. And, and, you know, when he walked into my little apartment in Jacksonville and gave me a scholarship, that was,
0: you know, as big as it – starstruck as it ever gets for me. Wow. You know. Walk me through – I'm curious to hear your experience in college football because I showed up on the Vanderbilt campus, which is – also part of the SEC. And I remind Todd frequently that when (laughs) when I played at Vandy, we we did beat Florida, which (laughs) – That's unbelievable. That's awful. That's awful. That should never happen. Post game in the locker room, they said the last time that Vandy beat Florida in the swamp was like World War II or something like that. It was like 60 years. Um, But I walked into the college football experience completely unprepared. Had no – idea. like physically I was unprepared. Mentally I had no idea. That's unreal because you're incredible like – in shape now man i showed up and i was like 200 pounds six two and if you guys can't see todd he's a physical specimen how tall are you six five about six five wow
1: skinny tall skinny slow guy i was a ba- I was a, they, that's when florida started going bad and they started recruiting guys <laughs> like me <laughs> uh, did you did he get any offers anywhere else uh, yeah, man, I was fortunate. I went to that pro- that you know, bowl school. For those who are not familiar, in Jacksonville, Florida, at the time was just as a prep school. Um, So, you know, in many ways, Florida was easier than that school. Um, You know, my high school football coach is the all time winningest coach in the state of Florida. So, Jeez. you know, I was fortunate to to play under him. And so, after my my junior year, in junior year, pretty much every school in the country had offered. um, so I could really go. I think the only schools that had an offer at that time were maybe Miami wow. and Stanford. Wow. Um but but it was largely because of the preparation of the bowl school and Coach Rogers and what they did and like I said, it was you know, even during the summers, even though I lived an hour away, we are talking about like a goal and a vision. You know, we were up at five something AM having to drive an hour in for workouts. And you were there for two hours, five days a week during the summer. Like, coach didn't give a damn about vacation or anything. It was—I mean—you were there to play football, or I say play football. I mean, you get education, but it was like there was a clear, like, high school. I feel like for most people, my friends was high school. You know, you have fun, you play sports, you do yada yada. For me, it was like I said, it was a piece of the puzzle to get me to Florida. So it was always like a a destination.
0: Yeah. One thing that I've been so impressed by you, just in the—I mean. Todd and I have hung out maybe five times, but I've known you for about a year now, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, how intentional you are. And a, a lot of people have a vision. But to be able to take the steps to get you to achieving that vision, I think is a piece of the puzzle that a lot of people either get discouraged by because they don't know how to get them to, right. from point A to point B. Right. But from a young age, I mean, you're you're – Doing that in practice, you said, "I want to play Florida football. The way I'm right. going to do that is go to the Bowl School. How do, how do I make that happen?
1: Yeah, and I think that, and for those of you who are listening that feel like, oh, it's just easy, it's not easy. And, and to to get a little dive a little deeper, there's been many times where I felt lost, you know, completely yeah. lost. Um, after playing football at Florida, you know, that being, you know, I think we were talking about like, I did a really poor job of, a lot of really not developing self awareness." and really who I was, I think. I mean, football was my life, that's all I cared about, but you know, if, if the NFL worked out, it was great, you know, but I was pretty burnt on football, and I studied business, and knew I'd need to get a job someday. Um, like I said, I was fortunate enough to start at Florida, but I never could, like, physically dominate, so, you know, if the NFL happened, it, would, it wouldn't happen more in probably a couple of years, and so I knew I needed to work. Um, but, you know, I went through three head coaches at Florida, four defensive coordinators, four different linebacker coaches, and so You know, I knew that college football, while it sounded fun, didn't seem like the right balance between, like, work and family life, like, that I wanted. Um, So I just figured I'd go in the business world. But, again, I'd never been in the business world. You know, my business was football. Like, I, that was it. Um, I studied economics and finance and did all that. But it was just, you know, I did what I needed to do to play football. And so there was like these lost years after football that I felt like every athlete goes through, um, that I wish that, you know, either a mentor or maybe I wouldn't have been aware, you know, conscious enough to listen to a person at that time, that young, um, but where I felt lost. So, you know, I ended up working as a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch. I always joked that I was probably the only, uh, Trainer running around L.A. with a Series 7. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, and so I ended up working at Merrill Lynch. It was a great opportunity. Learned from some awesome folks. Um, But, you know, I found myself coming, like we were talking about the other day, coming to the office on a Saturday and spending all day Saturday at the office to grow, you know, a financial business. And everyone was at Florida football games watching football. And all they wanted to talk about was Florida football during the week. And, I mean, look, I hope the Gators win every game. I hope the guys stay healthy and have fun. I don't spend much time worrying about Florida football. Like, it's just like, that's just not how I'm wired. Yeah. Like there's, there's folks I believe that are, you know, meant to be in the arena and you don't get in the arena by watching other people work. Right. Um, and so when I found myself spending that much time at Merrill Lynch and working in finance, I was like, I'm just not that passionate about this. And if I'm going to dedicate my life to something, it's, it needs to be something that I feel, um, there's a strong why there's a strong purpose behind it that I'm contributing and using God's gifts, uh, to help others. And that was a really kind of dark gray, confusing period. And that eventually led me, um, a buddy of mine that I played football with at Florida, lived out in California and went and took it and just visited him and spent the night and a couple of nights in LA and was like, well, LA is not really for me. There's <laughs> A lot of concrete, a lot of craziness, but yeah. it's it, it sure sells being single and working at twenty four, twenty five in North Florida. Um, and so I had Merrill Lynch transfer me out there. And in the middle of the process, the, we had the financial collapse of 2008. Um, so all of you graduating right now, I don't want to hear about your, your <laughs> yeah. troubles with the job because for all of us that was just out of college around that time, it was a rough time. And so, you know, I get to L.A. within four months, all of us young brokers got laid off. Wow. And, you know, talking about God's timing and if I'd have been there for a year, I probably just would have transferred back to Florida, brought my book of business, and went with a new firm. Um but I just got to LA and I wanted to experience that and I felt like there was something there that I could learn from, that entrepreneurial spirit of mm-hmm. LA that you know you guys kind of feel Take when time. you when you go there. Yeah. Um LA has that. And it, it LA allowed me to grow as a human being that I don't think I would have grown um and developed if I just would have stayed in the South. And so you know, that eventually, I needed a way to survive. So, the only way to survive, the um, lady that cut my hair asked me if I could train her. So, I started training the lady that cut my hair, and um, that led to one. And I started doing boot camps, and I was struggling hard financially for two years. I mean, just really struggled. I mean, I can remember the times you could go to Trader Joe's, you can get brown rice, and your tuna. And you could eat dinner for about $2.29 a night, Wow! you know, and that was pretty much my dinner for almost two years. Uh, but I started to feel alive again. You know, yeah. I was building something, I was creating something I was passionate about. And it was the first time that I felt alive, um, since football. Wow. And so that was, you know, I think that for those are out there that are in the entrepreneur world, I know some of your people are in that space or looking at what to do. Like, when you can align, you know, your passions, uh, and your God-given gifts. I think that that's always a good route to go down.
0: Absolutely. How long was it between you getting laid off and that hairdresser asking if you could train her?
1: Well, people would always ask me to train them. Right. Even when I was at – I mean, my clients at Merrill Lynch, you know, I'd be like – they're like, hey, Todd, we trust you with our money, but can you work us out or teach our kids how to play football? And it's like these little things you look back, like they were like kind of this little God wink, so to speak, that like people are telling you what they really – Won't see value in your skill sets. And I was trying to just, you know, do something against my God given abilities. Not that like I could have been a successful financial advisor, but there's folks there that are much more intelligent, much better, and more aligned with that. Um, And so people are always asked to do that. I'm just like, hey, I I don't do that. But so people, so once I needed to get make a living and you know, pay my bills, and like I said, like the lady that cut my hair, I drive. Uh, I sold my car and drove, got this old Jeep. I would drive all the way to Beverly Hills. And it was so funny that um, that I would get there bef- because they were always oversleeping. So I found out that I could hop their f- gate on the side and I would bang on their window and wake them up. And the best <laughs> part was their husband would wake up and he would smoke a joint rolling no out of bed way. and then she would get, so I was literally, I'd have to like wake them up and then work him out. Um, <laughs> and then I would drive all the way back across town it was all wow. and it was 50 bucks and those of you in LA you know you spend that in gas and traffic and it take, that's a four hour <laughs> <Seriously>. event right <laughs> I, but I
0: made 50 bucks I was so happy oh man I want to know your perspective when you look back on getting fired from Maryland yep. or struggling I mean the transition for an athlete out of athletics right. is very difficult how do you do you have any advice or how do you view that change yeah um, that's a
1: great question I felt like People need universities and organizations and need just. And I think the NFL does uh, does a little bit of this, but spending time developing people and because um, I mean, at the University of Florida and you're playing high level ball, you don't have time for internships. Right. I mean, summer is. You know, you're going to classes, but you know you got five a.m. runs and you got to lift for an hour between classes, and then you got Scaly, which is for those that don't, it's Pascal. Mm-hmm. So you've got three hours at least during the summers on top of classes that you're doing football. So yeah. I think there's some way that you can internship and just start to explore what you have interest in. You know, I th- excuse me, bourbon here. But you can't, that <laughs> would even smelled Gosh, luckily <laughs> you guys at home can't smell that. Uh, so I think that if there's a way that you can start to explore and see what you're interested in, which is hard to do because, right, you can't be great at something. We're talking about Plan B's and be dabbling too much on the side. So it's really hard, like, to, I think that if you're committed to excellence while you're an athlete, to really spend a lot of time, you know, exploring other things, but whatever little bit of time you can go do, like, you know, if I could have done internships in finance while I was in Florida, I could have made, saved myself two years of figuring out that probably was not for me. Yeah. You know, just with a simple internship. So I think those things are important
0: and it'd be nice to see universities make
1: sure their athletes do internships.
0: I mean, there's not a lot of football players out there who embrace yoga like you do, honestly. And there's not a lot of Series 7s who transition out of that as you have. Do you think that people out there could use more cha- – I, I always grew up with the saying you've got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Absolutely. You know?
1: Absolutely. And I think that, look, look to to those of are listening and you're working a job you may not enjoy and you've got a wife and kids, I didn't have those responsibilities. Yeah. Right? So I could suffer. Yeah. I could eat that two dollar dinner yeah and deal with it right um, so you know for, I guess again for you know I had someone ask me on Instagram about they're working a you know their typical job and they're making good money they're paying their bills but how do they um, you know they're really not passionate about their work um, and that you know how do they should they quit their job right now I'm like, no I don't think you should yeah I mean unless you just got a huge Rich uncle that's going to support you—that's great. Go do it. But you know, I sure as hell didn't. Um, if m- my advice to them is the same, I'll say for those out there now that spend time on your weekends. Like so your Saturday should be devoted to your passion, and yeah. at least one the two at least one the two hours every day during the week. Yeah. And just explore it. Don't try to make money off of it. Just dive into your passions. Mm-hmm. So you're still not, like you don't. A lot of times as an entrepreneur, you try to rush into like making a profit right off the rip. And you end up not fully developing what the product and service could be. And so you have money coming in. That's awesome. You got a job. Be grateful for that. Um, be grateful for the people you work with. And spend, you know, one to two hours a night one, and then all day Saturday at least um, working on your passion. And, you know, my, then sometimes the response is, well, I don't really have time for that. And that's too much. I like my weekends. And I'm like, hey, God bless you. Like, you're probably better off working for the company you yeah. are then, you know, then there's nothing wrong with that. Like right. we've glorified this whole entrepreneurship thing and that's great. But I think that people should be true to who they are. It's, you shouldn't be out there trying to run a business. If you're not willing to work 80 hours a week, right? You just, I don't, I don't think you should. I mean, right. maybe there's people out there doing it, but I, again, I don't really count the hours, but when you're living your passion, mm-hmm. I think that that's, you know, something that we can t- transition about the work that we do. So, you know, we make these 20 minute workouts for busy mom and dads. Yeah. Right. And the, what I try to tell people is that the, you know, most people when they become a parent is that it's almost like death to self. They live for the kids, which is honorable, but it's a mistake in the sense that if you don't take care of yourself, mm-hmm. you're really not giving your best to your spouse or your kids. Yeah. So you have an opportunity every day, I believe to control your mindset. Yeah. And I think that that is so important um, like I said, if you're working the job you may not be power, passionate about, like you have an opportunity at least to walk into that office every day and serve and help the people you're working with. And then, we you know, if you do are fortunate to transition to a job that you're, you're, you love, like your spouse feeds off that energy. I'm telling you right now that like, don't get me wrong, people like comfort. There's a certain basic needs you have to meet, but passion is attractive. Lightness is attractive. And that, you, I mm-hmm. think you, I mean, this, we get, this life here is so damn short mm-hmm. and we have such a limited time and opportunity. I damn sure want to give it everything I got and enjoy what I do. Yeah. I definitely, I'm, it's the very, LaCroix,
0: the LaCroix. <laughs> Just spitting, spewing <laughs> philosophy. Spewing, yeah. Um, before we get into your um, approach to to your workouts yep. that you do, I, I do want to talk about finishing trajectory from right. your training, your hairstylist, yep. to where you are now. How do, how did that progression go?
1: Yeah. So like I said, for two years, it was rough. Yeah. Um, you know, it was really, was a struggle, for, especially, you know, coming from Merrill Lynch where you're making a good living. Um, and there's, you know, you're going from, you know, I remember being there in North Florida and the big thing in North Florida in Jacksonville is the TPC, the golf tournament there. And, you know, it's typically like you take clients to TPC, you go to Ruth Chris, you had your scotch and your filet mignon and all that stuff. And people enjoy it. People like it. Mm-hmm. I got friends who still do it. It just wasn't me. Um, and I just didn't have that passion there. And so I didn't mind. Sh- I, I was more happy having my $2 dinner, doing what I loved, barely making money, than I was in a suit and tie, you know, eating filet at Ruth Christ. Um, and so after two years, you know, I, started, I had boot camps going. that had whoever would, could train with me one-on-one, right? And I kind of had both those running simultaneously. And literally, like, if you had a pulse, I would train you. Like mm-hmm. it, it was just anything to get by. And eventually word got around that like the boot camp started growing a little bit. And then I would put out flyers because I didn't I didn't know anyone in town. It wasn't like at least I knew some friends here in Nashville. When I went to LA, I didn't really know anyone. Um, and so I put out flyers. no one gave a damn to play football at Florida, which was nice. <laughs> yeah. um, but it didn't have its perks business-wise. Uh, so on, I would, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'd put out flyers um, on Montana Avenue in Santa Monica, San Vicente, And Ocean Avenue. And then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays, I'd go to garages in Beverly Hills, lots of cars, all in one space, and I'd put flyers. And I did that for a year and a half. Wow. Like pretty consistently. I'm talking about thousands of flyers. Um, And so I had the boot camps going. And then the breaking point was one of those flyers got into the right person's hands. And here we were burping again. (laughs) Um, And that flyer got me into this building where like the who's who of LA live. Hmm. You know, Sophia Lagarde, Bru- Bruce Willis's, all, all these people. And I guess my training style was unique in that, you know, we're boxing, we're doing burpees, we're blasting m M&M. It's just raw, real get-after-athletic training how we do. And a lot of the trainers at the time in L.A., uh, you know, they were nice and stuff, but they had their clipboards and their collared shirts, and they were just kind of walking people through, you know, boring stuff. And then within, you know, six months, I was training half the building. Wow. And then that led to I started to realize that all right my niche now was high net worth private clients, so then how could I find these this group of people when I really don't know anyone in town? I was like all right well this building, um, mm. people come here from Paris, New York, et cetera, and they move to L.A. They always go to the concierge desk, and so I was like all right well, I need to be I need to get to know the concierge desk. So I developed relationships with the concierge desk. And then I started going from building to building. I was literally a Wilshire corridor. If you're familiar with that area, I walked to every building on Wilshire corridor, just introducing myself to the concierge saying that I'd give away free sessions. I'd help them, whatever I could to get in there. Um, and so if you moved to LA and you lived in one of these, you know, luxury buildings, that's probably one out of three chance you were getting my business card. Yeah. You know, and, and that's just kind of like, I was able to, and Merrill Lynch taught me that. And so, you know, it was, I was very fortunate to learn. I learned a lot from Merrill Lynch. And, um, you know, if you can get three to five centers of influence that f- once you identify who your client is and then everything kind of funnels together. And so, you know, I was I did that for nine years in L.A. And, and eventually even L.A. becomes a small town within a certain circle. Mm-hmm. And so that was my primary business. And then about four years into it, you realize that, you know, that no matter how good the hourly rate is, that you're limited by how many hours a day you can work. And so you've got to figure out a way to scale if that's your desire. And so it's either open a studio or go online. And during the, you know, the backdrop of this is I'd had five surgeries from football and I couldn't work out like I used to. And I found this yoga guru in Santa Monica and I went to his class almost every day for five years. Mm. I mean, at least Monday through Friday. And so I started fusion, um, my athletic training with yoga and what kind of made me unique was I didn't need equipment. And so I thought that worked very well online. So our our buddy, Matt, yeah, you know, well, actually, you know, it's a funny story. The first video we did, you know, Justin, uh, Baldoni, he's know, the, no. he's the famous actor. He's famous now. He's the actor, uh, for, uh, Jane, the Virgin. Okay. He produced our first video. It was okay. an hour long. Yep. And, uh, it didn't do well at, but, <laughs> at all, but he did a good job. Um, and the feedback was, we love your workouts, but we can only do them on the weekends because they're too long. Hmm. And so we... Do you have anything that's 20 minutes? I have two kids. I have a job. And so I kept hearing 20 minutes, 20 minutes. I'm like, well, how in the hell do I get you in shape in 20 minutes? You can't get someone in shape in 20 minutes. Um, And then I just started practicing. Went to the drawing board and took that hour-long program. And what was the essential things that was needed for everyday working mom and dads? Um, And chopped that down to 20 minutes. And our buddy Matt started filming Yeah. And Matt did an incredible job. Um, I I honestly wouldn't have been able to do it without Matt. Matt's such an awesome guy. And, uh, for those at home that Matt's how Andrew and I met, uh, our mutual friend in LA, such
0: a good dude. Matt Yoakum, you guys may know him as Matt Slays. Matt uh, Slays. Yeah. yeah,
1: So funny to watch. (laughs) Such a good guy. Um, and that led to 20 minute workouts for busy mom and dads. And so that's kind of, you know, and that's where we are now. And now we just launched the corporate membership, which allows large companies now to offer, uh, this to their clients. That's great. Other you know customers.
0: So the the strategy is impressive of of you going to the concierges and and targeting those specific yep. spots, but also one thing that should not be overlooked is that combined with you were out there every Saturday or whatever you said, yep. laying out thousands of flyers. Yeah, thousands. And it took two years before the breaking yep. point hit. Yep. Yeah, two years. Which is, I think, I mean, that goes that could be said for everything. You got to have the strategy but you also got to be putting in the time. Right. You know? And
1: I, I can't say that I've, I've got the smartest and the easiest way to do it by any means. There's people a lot smarter than me that can probably figure out a better way faster. Um, but I think that, again, if you're, going back to, if you're going back to something that if you really have a strong why, right, that, again, I believe that I've been fortunate. God's given me unique um, abilities and gifts uh, to help people uh, live a little better life, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's through fitness and yoga and meditation, Um, and so it's, I I just look at it as it's my responsibility, uh, to work at that and to deliver that to my fellow brothers and sisters. And when that's your, why, I mean, you don't stop just because it's not profitable or because it's hard. Like that's your purpose. It's Mm -hmm. like, you have to do that. It's like, that's your contribution to your fellow man. Mm -hmm. And when you have that kind of drive, you bust through walls, things that most people, you know, wouldn't go through, but if you look at it from a pure business standpoint, but when you're that, um, when you believe you're in alignment with your God-given gifts, you'll figure out a way.
0: Yeah. So I was looking at some of your Instagram videos, and one thing you said was, I don't want to say this verbatim, but close. <laughs> you said you believe that we're all hardwired to believe that there's a higher power. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I believe that's my personal belief. Um, I think that, um, you know, some people, you know, if you're, we're here in the South now, and I, I grew up uh, and connected to Christ at 12 years old, um and but i've come to know friends that are indian jewish muslim um, and i've seen god in all of them
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and i think that we're all uh hardwired to know our creator whatever you call you know god creator however you connect to him i think that's um i don't put a limit on god yeah on you know our, our creator by any means i do believe we're hardwired that we have this so sort to of speak, christ consciousness yeah so to sp- in in us and that recognizes in some way our creator. Um, yeah, and that's, that's, a, that's been a whole great, interesting journey. But what it's allowed me to do, um, so in the, it, it, at the end of each one of our workouts, we do a meditation mm-hmm. slash prayer. And it, it's pretty simple, right? It's broken into four phases. One, and, and this goes universal for, I wanted people from all walks of life and faith to have that special moment to connect with themselves or their God, however they see it. And the first moment is just gratitude. Everyone can express and learn. Even if you don't even believe in God, you can appreciate this moment, yeah. this time. You just got to move your body, got a roof over your head, food on the table. Second phase, you move into just lifting up a loved one. You know, so you want to lift up your wife today as she goes through her day. She just got back into town. You want her to have a beautiful day. You imagine this glowing light kind of hovering over her. She's going through the day and this big smile on her face. Mm. Um, and then you move into what a success look like today? So, you know, come Monday morning, there's going to be a dad somewhere waking up at 530 in the morning. He's going to do our workout and he's got an important sales call at 8 a.m. He's going to be pumped full of energy, but he's going to visualize and see that sales call going well, right? He can see, just like as an athlete, like see success happen before it happens, feel it. Mm-hmm. And then you finish this with a moment of stillness and that's where the magic happens. The <laughs> nervous system switches over and you're out of this flight or flight response, um, and you just walk away feeling so connected and grounded, and with this perspective that no matter what happens the rest of the day, you can control your attitude. Wow! You control your response.
0: So you went from kind of an hour-long training session yep. with celebrities to shorter workouts with yep your average Joe, right? Yeah. Your mom and dad in yep. middle America. Yep. Um, and well, I mean, there's I mean, there's some people that are like.
1: You know, very high performers that are working, that are running large, successful companies that love our workouts. Um, But there's, like I said, everyday people that are wanting to better their lives, to be a better wife, to be a better husband, um, be a better uh, father, better mother that are doing our workouts. And what a, I mean, it gets me so pumped and what a great honor to have. I mean, if I get to, like I I always say, like, whether I'm training or friends, I don't give a shit if you're the Pope or the janitor. As long as we're good folks, I'm happy to roll with you. Yeah.
0: One thing I think is beautiful about your program is me coming from, you know, the high level athletics. I feel like I need to step in the gym and in order to accomplish, you know, what I need to get done that day, I got to cr- Like I just right. got to walk out of there, you know, yep. I almost got to not be able to walk out of there. Cause yeah. I work so hard, but whether you're working out or I think what I've learned from your classes, um, even in everyday life, whatever goal you're trying to achieve You don't like if you're just chipping away at it every single day. You're gonna take one step closer to that goal, you know. So,
1: yep. And so, uh, there we go. There's the German Shepherd. There he is. Yeah, we we got we
0: got a new German Shepherd
1: pop in in the building here. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And so, so there's the, you know, as you're a high performing athlete, right? That's your job. Yeah. Right. But if you're transitioning um, into a, a working a job that pays for you and your family, you know, you only have a limited amount of time to do that. And I think that people struggle because, you know, they'll, they'll buy these programs and, you know, the click a button, get skinny, click a, take this pill and lose weight. And it's just, it's just not my style. I mean, I'm happy to structure things to help people have success. Um, but if you can start to frame working out as an opportunity to be in a positive mindset, that is when lasting change happens. Hmm. Right? So it's so much about being in shape is just consistency. Yeah. So if you have an hour to go to the gym a day, brother, go do it. Go yeah. crank it out. Majority of people, if you're working long hours and you have a family, you got to make a choice between going to soccer practice and going to the gym. And I hope that dad goes to soccer practice to watch his kid. Yeah. I just want him to be in a good mood when he gets there. Yeah. Right? And to be able to work hard and take care of his family. And so if he can shift it from, I'm not, I don't have to be at the gym to work out. To like, I want to be in a better mindset today as I go about my day, then we have a solution for people that can really make a game changer because you can do it every day. Everyone's got 20 minutes. You literally hit play. There's no equipment needed. And in 20 minutes, you're covered in a sweat. We do a quick stretch and then a quick meditation to get your mind right.
0: I want to talk about some of the ways that you have intentionally created your program to be a conduit of uh, getting your mind right. It yep. seemed, You're very high touch with your clientele. Um, and you push a lot of very positive you're, – you're almost simultaneously a life coach <laughs> along with, it seems, you know. What are some of the ways you do that?
1: Um, so, again, I, what I try to say is that I want everyone to have access to a win every day, mm-hmm. right? And so you and I are, come from a really strong athletic background. So a win today may be an hour-crushing workout. A win for someone else may be getting in 10,000 steps. It may be eating a healthy lunch. Mm-hmm. And so we develop, you know, our program is based on, uh, three pillars, sweat, eat, mind right, right. Sweat means just simply move your body, mm-hmm. right. We give you the tools for a 20 minute workout. If you choose to do it, eat is recipes, you know, based on a whole food diet, like eating real whole food. If you can plant it, pick it or catch it, it's probably pretty good for you. And if man made stay away and then mind, right. Taking a moment each day to connect. And so. You know our you know we talked about the whole thirty right and from Melissa um you know and Melissa really does a great job with the whole thirty of just having people hey focus on eating right for thirty days don't even worry about the fitness part right just focus on changing your diet and I think that's a great advice like you know for those that have been doing this for a long time yeah maybe we can work out and eat right and get our mind right but you need to be honest with where you're at right now mm-hmm. and just give yourself a win each day and so you know, part of these mind right challenges was sometimes we run a challenge every quarter. And one of the ones that I, I've recently that we did in January that I liked was for each day, perform an act of kindness. And this was the mind right part of the challenge. And it was overwhelming, right? Because yeah. people were like, how is this related to fitness? And you had people that were like one mother um, took her kid around her community, picking up trash, showing civic responsibility for her neighborhood. That's a lasting impact on that kid's life. Right. We had someone that bought her sister flowers. Smiling is good for your health. Right. Laughing. Sharing a meal with a friend is just uh, how we manage stress is just as important as the workouts you do and the food you put in your stomach. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, hopefully the program that we create and continue to build allows people to find a win each day however they see best fits their life at this particular place in their life
0: your goal in each of these workouts that you send out on a daily basis
1: is that right so you have access to a workout every day you log in there's a workout calendar yeah and so we have beginner and advanced workouts and they're all 20 minutes like i said with no
0: equipment and you just want them to see the workout not think and just go hit play
1: do the workout get in a great sweat take take those moments to connect at the end, it's a game changer to switch over the nervous system. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. Like I even went to the gym the day with a buddy of mine. I used to play football with Florida, and we're in the gym. Everyone's running around, and we're meditating afterwards. I think there's just something that we've missed in the athletic world was switching the nervous system over uh, and connecting. And, and for those of you that at home are listening with a spiritual practice, it's a great way to have your morning prayer, yeah. your built-in morning prayer. Like I, you know, like I said, I came into Christ at twelve, and I've been praying every morning at night since before I go to bed. And to be frank, so much of it was routine, it's a good routine and habit, but I'm just kind of like falling asleep or waking mm-hmm. up. Now I connect in such a deep way because I've shocked the system, right? Just shocked the system. Even if it's just taking a cold shower in the morning for a couple minutes and then doing your morning devotional, you've shocked the system and you can go deeper in that
0: connection. That's great. I want to hear about your uh, morning routine. My morning
1: routine? Yeah. Yeah, there's... Um, for me it 's extremely important there's a few things that aren 't negotiable um, we've got these burping, these lacroix <laughs> uh, gosh, those smell good and uh, like so i 'll be in, on vacation and it's still like my morning routine's going to stay the same for the most part right and uh, this is something that we try to help people do in our programs is again move every move, as soon as you wake up move mm-hmm. right um, move your body well I mean I honestly don't give a damn if it's one of our team at twenty workouts if it's a morning run, walk in your maybe puppy, German shepherd. Yeah. Um, just move your body, get the blood flowing. Then taking that moment to connect, right? Whether that, whatever that looks like a meditation, a prayer devotional, those moments connect. And this is the part where like it varies a little bit, but I try to read something inspirational or uh, listen to gospel. Um, put positivity in your mind, program your mind today for positivity. Right. And then I usually have my cup of, my cup of Joe, you know, my cup of coffee. Um, and that's my morning routine. And th- I think the other part that I've had to stress for people is that none social media or emails does not happen until those things are first done. Because the worst thing we all do is we wake up in bed and I'm guilty of it times at two is we turn on our phones, we go check our emails or how many likes we've gotten today or messages, and it puts us into this flight or flight instant response. And now we're automatically Responding to everything without being conscious of our decisions, mm-hmm. and so social media does not happen to me if I am doing everything right, and at least for the first probably two hours of the day. Wow, you know, and or emails or any of that. Um, and and like I said I am not always perfect at it, but that's been a huge game changer in my life. Is that so? Now, like I said, I've started my day and I've programmed my mindset for positivity. That no matter what happens today, you know, like today's going great, but say you know, this podcast doesn't get, something happens here, something bad, something doesn't work out. I'm able to, make make a choice in my response mm-hmm. as opposed to just a reaction, right? For a great example is today at the gym. This guy is, like, when I'm in, probably like yourself, like, when I'm in go mode, I'm in go mode. Yeah. Like, don't get in my way, don't talk to me, I'm in go mode, yep. right? And then it's just, that's how athletes are wired. And so, like, we're, like, working out today in the gym, we're in it, and, and I, evidently I'd stepped on this guy's, like, yoga mat or something that he has. And he he was very kind, and he was just like, "Hey man, you you wouldn't mind, like, you know, watch out for my mat. Don't you know? Don't step on my mat." And without like, if if I wouldn't have like, honestly, like, have learned like these skill sets, my first reaction is to honestly take my fist and put it through the guy's face. Yeah, the guy was super nice, and I was wrong. But that, that when that's my initial, that's how I'm hardwired. Yeah, and you know, getting your mind right, so to speak, every day and developing this allows you to take a step back. Some of you are like, "This guy's crazy." Some of you aren't wired that way. We're all wired uniquely in certain ways, but it helps in the football world to have that. But taking someone with that mentality and being able to develop this bird's-eye view. So right as soon as I felt that immediate response to fire back with like, you know, F you or whatever, was like, all right, there's a guy. He just asked you kindly. Um, you probably were wrong. You didn't realize you were wrong. You're wrong. You're just like, I'm sure. Sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, you know, oh well, let me fix that for you, et cetera. Yeah. Without doing that, I would have mouthed off or done something to this dude, Yeah. right? And I think that just the little things like that, getting your mind right, so to speak, every day uh, has been a game changer. I mean, I wish I'd have known about it early in my life. It would have kept me from making a lot of poor decisions personally, for sure,
0: Yeah, no doubt. Are there any other daily goals that you try to achieve? Daily goals. Um, so every day,
1: at the end of the work day, I write down five things that I want to accomplish the next day. And have those written down. Um, you know, this list used to be like 15, but I've narrowed it down to I feel like you can only do for at least me. You've got to figure out. I went from like 13 or 15 to like seven. In the last two years, I've really narrowed it down to just like five things that I want to get done and do extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's another part of my daily routines. Before I shut down the workday is write down the five things tomorrow. Really think through those so that I'm intentional with my time and energy tomorrow. And then every night before I go to bed or if I do any type of mobility stuff at the end of the day is taking those few minutes for gratitude and to pray again. Um, so always connect in the morning and always connect in the evening. Yeah. How has your perspective on fitness changed as you've aged? Oh, it definitely has changed. Again, so as an athlete, right? Like, you know, we we're going bring this full circle. As a kid, it was just, how can I be the best football player? hmm You know, so you run track, you do everything you can to be a better football player. Um, And then as you get older, you realize, like, you know, like, I didn't touch weights for five years. All I did was yoga and pull-ups in my Team mac 20 videos. And now I feel like I want to lift a little bit of weights again. It feels good to pick up some stuff. It's just movement to me. It's just an opportunity to be in a good mindset. I honestly don't care if, if we're swimming. If yeah. we're doing one of my Team Out Twenty workouts, if we yoga class, if we're you know whatever, playing you know hiking, it's just an opportunity to move my body, and I'm a better human being after do- doing that. And so for me, it's just an opportunity to sweat and be in the right mindset. That's how I view working out.
0: I'm gonna ask some questions, from okay, the fans here. The fans right. have got some questions. Yes, um, you guys are big on the social so. media thing. I need to get, <laughs> I need to get to bring you guys, a t- ask you guys, in you know, and tips on social. You know, it's funny, I. I uh, did not have any social media until I met Sean. M. Anders Brand asks um, if she could only – she only has time to do one exercise a day. One exercise. If she could do one exercise. Yes. Okay. What would you recommend that she does? That's a tough question. That's a tough question. Yeah. I would say a body weight squat. Okay. Wow.
1: Yep. Uh, It allows you to work your primary muscles. It allows you to get your heart rate up. And then I would encourage her to – Maybe sit in a yoga squat, if if she could, for a little bit as well, to kind of let the hips open up. Interesting. That would be my one thing.
0: I did just listen to someone who was talking about how, in today's era, our hips, our hip flexors are shortened, so shrink. Tired.
1: Yeah. Yep. yep. Let me look at you right now. Right, you're on your phone. Your shoulders are rounded over, and you know, luckily, I think for, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm I'm bad too. <laughs> Uh, you know, actually, the, one thing that's exciting about the younger generation is that most of them like stand-up desks, yeah. which are awesome. Uh, yeah. I've trained some tech companies in L.A., and a lot of them have stand-up desks. But, you know, we sit so much, our hip flexors shorten, we're hunched over, uh, puts a lot of stress on the lower lumbar. Hmm. Um, and so I think that if you just sit in a deep yoga squat, it's something I do throughout the day. It allows the hips to open up and helps the
0: back. Chris Hart says what up, Chris? that he has been having trouble getting fit mm-hmm. um, and he doesn't know where to start. Do mm-hmm. you have, We kind of touched on this, but do you have any advice on what's the first step to take? Chris, I, I think that, again, really focus on giving yourself
1: a win each day. Mm-hmm. And so, Chris, it could be eating a healthy lunch, yep. making one small change. It could be um, a moment of gratitude, giving yourself some credit for even reaching out. Like You just reached out to someone. And you've made a step. So acknowledge that and give yourself credit that you actually give enough. You care enough to reach out for someone and ask for advice. So props to you there. Give yourself the pat on the back for that. And just start small. Again, you can go to T-Mike Fitness. We have plenty of workouts, 20 minutes, no equipment. we got beginner-level workouts. You've got 20 minutes. But, you know, it could just be a great place for people to start is do the whole 30. Like, it's amazing. If you're looking to get – um. You know, so you want to, if your goal is to lose weight or whatever, 80% of it's nutrition. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't try to undermine what we do movement wise, but it's 80% is, is nutrition. You start at Whole30, they have a lot of great resources for you there. Uh, those are a few things off the hand, I would say.
0: That's great. Last one uh, Big Mike Little World asks, What is one food that I could or should give up in order to make a difference in my diet? Wow. Well, okay. So only me- just one food. Just answer this
1: and not answer this. <laughs> so my, So, what I tell people all the time is that well, – let me get back on this. It's a, it's a great question. We are. Real, we want a devil. We want an evil, right? So when we grew up, it was um, fat was bad for you. Mm-hmm. And carbohydrates are bad for you. And now we know sugar is bad for you, right? And so people want to demonize – you know, if if Oprah endorses one thing, it's great, and then all of a sudden everything else is bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it becomes very confusing on what to eat, what not to eat, right? So I'm going to get you, and bring, we're bring this around full circle for you, buddy. But um, honestly, I believe that if the majority of Americans, if we ate real whole food, and again, the saying that we, we try to preach to people over and over is, if you can plant it, pick it, mm-hmm. or catch it, it's pretty good for you. And if man-made, stay away. If we did that, we could pretty much get rid of obesity and almost type two diabetes in this country. Other than there's a small percentage of people with genetic things that are real issues. The vast we could get rid of obesity in this country for the most part if okay. we just ate real whole food. So if you were to ask one food that you I would say drink a lot of water, honestly. Okay. That's what I would say. Stay hydrated. A lot of people overeat because they're not hydrated. So I answered and not answered your question. No, that was good.
0: Do you have anything right now that you want to promote? I, I understand you just had some new classes released, which is exciting.
1: Yeah. So we just released a bunch of beginner level content. Um, that's really exciting. Uh, again, that we just launched the corporate wellness part, which is super, is um, something I've been, uh, wanting to do for a couple of years. We finally now have been able to put together what we call like a three hundred and sixty approach to wellness at an affordable and scalable price. So, uh, we have workouts that everyone can do, advanced and beginners. Um, there's nutrition. There's recipes every week we send out. There's um, uh, meditations at the end of each workout. Really important for all your employees to make sure they're in a positive mindset each day. And then we run these quarterly challenges um, every quarter for the company. So right now, a lot of companies have someone in HR kind of pulling double duty, and they're trying to figure out, like, do we just give some people Fitbits? How do we run this challenge? Yeah. We can handle all that now. And then once you get north of like a 1,000 employees, we can do this for a couple bucks a month per employee. Wow. And I think we should be able to get the insurance company on board to almost where we make it. You know, it's a win-win for everyone. Wow. So that's what I'm really excited about. So, again, uh, we want to give your people a free month. Yeah. So go to TMAC Fitness uh, at checkout. Um, We'll give you guys the links to all that. Enter coupon code ANDREW at checkout, and you'll get a free month. Check it out.
0: Absolutely. For those of you who are looking to take the first step into fitness, um, if you feel uninspired, I think this could be a great and – e- and even for you guys who, who love fitness but just don't seem like you can find the time in your day. You'll be shocked at how much these workouts kick your butt. Yeah. You'll be, you'll be surprised. I mean, it looks like it's working for you. <laughs> uh, I want to end with two questions. Yep. If um, 20 years from now someone's yep. writing a biography about your life, yep. who are you going to dedicate the book to? One person. Hmm. hopefully my future kids don't have any kids i know about but hopefully one day family man yeah absolutely and three three goals or three pieces of advice that if you could paint it on the side of your house Mm -hmm. you would want hung up there for you and everyone else to see everyone um
1: that's a great question um we're all connected. And so I guess that'd be one. And then once you understand that it's realize that it's not all about you and Hmm. love your brother and sister. And when I mean brother and sister, I mean everyone white, black, Christian, Muslim, gay, straight, uh, that we're all connected. That we're all brothers and sisters. And that, um, I, I want to, you know, my home, my company, to be a home of love. And I think that, you know, know, if that's your three things, but I think that is really kind of what I'm happy to stand by. That's great.
0: Yeah. Those are a great three things. Um, you have anything you want to leave the audience with?
1: Well, one, we thank you yeah. brother
0: for welcoming your home. I think that it's,
1: um, again, a guy new to town, you and John bringing me in like that there's a lot of gratitude for that. Thank you for those that are listening, you know, um, hats off to you. I listen to podcasts a lot. Um, you are listening on the way to work. You're going for a walk. You're already in a growth-minded set. Mm-hmm. Um, know that uh, we appreciate what you're doing, and you know understand that we're all in this thing together. Um, and continue on your journey, and hopefully that you know Andrew and I both can be a play a small role um, in your overall journey to get you where you want to be. And thank you for
0: taking the time. Absolutely, thanks for being here, Todd. There's thanks. some great takeaways. Hey, guys, it's Andrew, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Redirected. If you find this podcast valuable, there are a lot of ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever platform you happen to listen from. You can share it with your friends on social media, blogs, or on your own podcast. Also, head over to andrewdes.com for more information and to request your favorite celebrity, entrepreneur, athlete, or anyone else who inspires you. And while you're at my site, be sure to sign up for my newsletter so you can get updates on other fun stuff going on. Also, you guys know I love connecting with you, so if you want to reach out to me directly on Instagram or Twitter, my handle is at Andrew AndrewDEast. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next time on Redirected.